What's up, guys? Welcome back to another Sport Universe podcast. It's me, Brian, and I'm joined with Nick. What's going on, guys? All right, so this is going to be an interesting podcast. Um, the next however many weeks is going to be interesting with no sports going on. Um, we're going to try and keep it as sports-related as possible since that's what we do. Um, but we're going to probably have to get into other stuff besides sports stuff for the future till everything gets back to status quo. Um, but I guess, Nick, you want to give uh, some type of football rundown? All right, so uh, going into this week's football rundown, obviously not a lot. As we said, everything's canceled. So starting off with the XFL, uh, obviously canceled. Um, what's notable about the cancellation, though, is that, number one, the XFL has promised to have additional years coming forward. You know, they still plan to have a uh, league next year. That's one thing they noted. And as well as the players that were in the XFL are now allowed to sign with the NFL and they can go wherever they want to. Uh, and again, as I said, you know, somebody like PJ Walker, who is probably going to be the MVP of the XFL for this year, he's he's free to sign with any team that he wants. And he, he might, he might, you know, with the talent that he had, and you'll have, have to see how he does through summer camps in an NFL team. But you know, he could be a starter for the NFL for an, LF, uh, an NFL team uh, in the future. So it's about all there is for the XFL. Did they uh, cancel the XFL or just pushed back? No, they canceled the season. Mm-hmm. Um, the NFL uh, also canceled, obviously. Um, in terms of you know any type of going on that there were, there's like spring trainings, like teams can't practice, all facilities are shut down. Um, uh, so that, yeah, obviously canceled, right? Uh, so other than canceled, we have Tom Brady. Uh, so, so far, I feel like I, uh, I feel like rather uh, news is that. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers are out on him. The 49ers are out on him. And, uh, you know, as I said, I think it was all smokescreen to see, for Tom Brady to see how much money he can get out of the Patriots. It's, you know, he kind of wants to be respected. You know, pretty much throughout his entire career, he's taken pay cuts to allow for the Patriots to sign better players. So I think he's ready to cash in in his last couple of years. So I think that's what he's doing. Um, so, again, it's increasingly likely that he's going to sign with the, the Patriots. Um, you know, all the teams that were in play for him seem to be dropping out. And, you know, as I originally thought, it, it just seems like it's going that way. Um, in other news, we have the CBA, uh, the Collective Bargaining Agreement. Uh, the deadline to vote on it was last night, and the votes are out. And the CBA is going to be accepted. Um, in terms of what this means for the NFL, uh, first of all, just start with it. Um, the, the vote. It tallied 1,019 to for yes and 969 to no. Uh, very notably there, um, and pretty easy to see. Very divided among amongst the NFL players that voted in it. Um, I think it's going to be pretty bad for the NFL in the long run. Uh, you know, half the league doesn't like it. Half the leagues, I w- you know, the people that voted yes, they could eat, they they could be in a wide range of with I'm okay with it. It seems like the best plan, or there's players that like it. You know, it's going to create a divide amongst the players in the NFL. Um, and, and the changes that it makes, some players are going to like it, some players are not are going to not. So just going through what it's exactly going to change, um, you know, this is taken from Sports Illustrated article. If anybody's curious, uh, so the NFL uh, obviously it's going to be extended from a 16 game season to a 17 game season um, starting in 2021, and the playoffs are going to expand to 14 teams uh, immediately going into next year. Uh, 17 regular games, as I said, a lot of toll on the players' bodies. A lot of the players are not going to like the extended season. And the 14 games, uh, 14 teams rather, in the playoffs, I think players are not going to like that either. I mean, it's a lot easier to get into the playoffs now. Um, the more and more teams that you allow into the playoffs, the less special it is. 
and the whole more mediocrity that the, the, the playoffs will have. So, and that's, that's more my opinion. But um, you know, personally, I'm not a, I'm a huge fan of the CBA in terms of you know adding extra games. Um, beyond that, the salary cap will be set at 40 percent of all revenue in 2020, um, and it, it, it was it will be set in 47 percent in 2020. Uh, and then it'll move to 48% in 2021. And then, you know, it pushed to 48.5% or even higher. So, again, salary cap's going to be increasing. More money to pay the players. Uh, game day rosters are going to expand to 48. Um, and you're allowed to have eight offensive linemen active, which I think is a good thing. Uh, more players on a roster, um, the better. Um, you know, more more chances for uh, players to make the team. Uh, which I think teams could could use, especially with how many injuries you know occur in the NFL. Um, so the minimum salary is going to be bumped. Um, it, 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 you know, over over t- in over time, it's supposed to increase, I guess, to match in- inflation rates. So that's a good thing for the players. I'm a fan of that. Um, there's going to be larger practice squads and more provisions for veteran players, which I think is good. The more players that you can get involved in the NFL, the better. Again, because injuries play such a play such a crucial role in the game of football that it's really important to have a lot of players on the team. Um, so there's going to be a 1.5 million salary cap exemption for veterans uh, who've been with their teams for longer than four years. So, um, you know, more t- teams will have more money to give out again. So, you, you know, these salary cap and these provisions in the payment is really why the, I think the players went with the CBA versus mm-hmm. against it. Um, there's going to be improved benefits and provisions. There's going to be 50 year options for first round picks um, so again, you know that, that pretty much covers all the CBA is adding to the league. Uh, really good on the money side, I think, for the players, and that's why they they, they accepted the agreement. But on the opposite end, I think the 17 game season is what really divided people because they already have so much such a large toll on their bodies that they're not going to want that. Um, Brian, do you have any opinions? Um, I think that I wonder what player who if there were any players that are actually liked having 17 games or it was all just because of like the added money that they can get because like i totally agree adding another game just adds another opportunity for everyone to get injured or a lot of people to get injured and then at what point does it just stop where they stop adding games to the season like it's one of those um what is those called like when it keeps i don't know but you get what i'm saying and other than that i don't really have any other opinions because i didn't really get into it that much but I think the biggest thing is the added game, and what's that gonna, what type of effect that's gonna have for everyone. One hundred percent. Since the NFL has really came into existence and footballs came into existence, the seasons have gotten longer and longer. Mm-hmm. I don't remember exactly how many games it started with in terms of uh, the NFL before it was even the NFL, but you know it's gone from ten games to twelve games to fourteen games. Now it's sixteen games. Now we're at seventeen. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot more games, a lot more injuries, and it also it's bad in terms of records too. You know. All those, all those teams that have records and t- and, and oh, I see the NFL mean. as well. You know how many passing yards you get in the season; oh, those are kind of irrelevant now. Or you'd have to adjust them to how many they would have had in seventeen games, which is you know not realistic because you know statistics are statistics, but you, reality is reality. There's hmm. a difference there, so records are going to be affected. Um, so a lot of changes in terms of just one adding one game that people may not think about. Yeah, I didn't think about that. Um, so I guess. Baseball time, nothing to talk about because everything was canceled. Well, pushback, really. Um, they're really saying, like, they're going to – they obviously canceled spring training and they're pushing back the season two weeks as of right now. Uh, we don't know if that means um, 
starting from 162 games or cutting off those two weeks. In my opinion, I think most people's opinion, it's cutting off those two weeks because if you try and add those weeks back in, it's going to mess up the schedule. They're going to have to take some time to reconfigure the schedule because obviously with these stadiums and everything, there's other things that go into um, into their thinking with how they make their schedules. There's concerts, there's... Um, uh, whatever, that's the word. Um, other events. Other events, but there's, oh my God, I can never think of these words. Not really stadium related, but teams go on road trips and they have to keep the road tr- road trips to a certain number of games that they're away from home and time. There's just a lot that goes into making these schedules that I don't think people think about and all the problems that could come from that. So I would imagine they're going to cut off whatever amount of games that are missed. And that should be interesting. It could also lead to future things like, let's say there's like 140 games left in the season. That's like a number people have been saying to cut down the regular season. Like it might lead to baseball saying, you know what, why don't we make it a shorter amount of games going into the future? So it could lead to a lot of other effects that people might think are good. And in my opinion, I agree with that if that's what happens. Um, For basketball, also canceled pushback, whatever you want to call it. Still don't really know what their plan is about the rest of the regular season. The rest of the regular season, um, I've I've seen things where they like just cut off the rest of the regular season, and wherever people are right now is where they go into the playoffs. I don't know if I really agree with that, but in this situation, there's I don't know if there's going to be a good answer to all the problems. It's just like trying to get through another season till you can get to the next season. Um, but really where all this cancellation started is from probably Rudy Gobert. Uh, Rudy Gobert, if you guys don't know, a player on the Jazz, was the first uh, athlete to contract, well, the first known athlete to contract coronavirus. Um, and I talked about this in a reacts or something, but everyone can agree that they're not happy with Rudy Gobert. For those who don't know, um, there are a lot of reports that when he was had some symptoms that could be coronavirus, he was kind of joking around, being irresponsible, getting really close to his teammates, um, touching everyone's stuff. And that basically led to um, Donovan Mitchell getting the coronavirus um, and basically the rest of the NBA canceling their season, which led to hockey canceling their season, which led to baseball canceling their season. Um, and it was just a ripple down effect. And really, I'm sure it would have been canceled anyway, but I think Rudy Gobert was the main reason that they said, you know, this is the time to actually do something because at some point someone was going to get the coronavirus. Nick, any uh, opinions? Um, 100%. Uh, just to go into addition, in addition to that, uh, Christian Wood, uh, I think it was today, I believe, he also tested positive. It was about 24 hours ago, yeah, so today, yesterday, last night. Um, he tested positive for the coronavirus, and he had recently guarded uh, Rudy Gobert, which, you know, in-game in is different, but I think the, as well as, I'm unsure if, and, and the news articles didn't make this clear, and I, I, the, I guess we also don't know, uh, one of the kids that Rudy Gobert had visited, um, some, it was either Children's Hospital, I'm not sure, uh, the new art, news articles are a little conflicting to me, uh, tested positive for the coronavirus, so uh, Rudy Gobert, you know, and he signed an autograph for him or whatever it was. So Rudy Gobert may have contracted from the child, or Rudy Gobert either gave it to the child. We don't know. Um, and, and it goes along with the fact that, uh, and we'll get into it later because 
probably have to. Uh, the coronavirus can be really asymptomatic, so you don't know who you're getting it from, or if you translated to somebody else, or they gave it to you, so you really don't know. Um, so we don't really know how Rudy Gobert got it. But at the end of the day, uh, I think the NBA's decision to not fine or suspend Rudy Gobert is a bad decision. Um, even though I think players are backing him up, saying, you know, I would have joked around too. Uh, you know, as an NBA player or an, a professional athlete or anybody in general, you have to practice, uh, you know, good faith and, and make smart decisions. The coronavirus is a very serious situation, and you shouldn't be making light of it. And even if there wasn't a coronavirus going around, like coughing on other people is just its inappropriate. It, it doesn't make sense. It's just not the right thing to do. And he, he irresponsibly you know, gave it to uh, Donovan Mitchell, most likely. Um, and it's, just, it's not okay. I think you know, at a bare minimum, Rudy Gobert should be fined for acting irresponsibly. It's a bad look on the NBA. It's a bad look on the Jazz. It's probably going to hurt their their bottom line at some point. Um, people are people will take it to heart. I think you know not not awfully where you know everything's going to get shut down or is going to be significant monetary loss, but I think it may hurt the Jazz monetarily uh, just because you know they're that organization that supports Rudy Gobert doing something irresponsible. Hmm. Um, so I I'm pretty pissed off Rudy Gobert because at the end of the day it was here his irresponsibility that that caused the cascade of yeah. the sports in the U.S. to get canceled. You know, if you if you would have gotten sick and then acted responsibly and not gotten anybody else sick, you may have not seen such an, uh, a push towards canceling everything. And I, I think there is an alternate solution, which I'll get into later uh, when we get to talk more about the coronavirus, but you know, I'm just pissed off the Rigo Bear. Yeah, I think, I think what... Um, this is, like, kind of a lesson to... Pe- I, I feel like it should have been a lesson already, but... Um, Everyone was really making a joke about the whole coronavirus when it was in China and, like, it was never going to get to the U.S., people thought, or were hoping that it wasn't going to, and they were making jokes about it. And then that's what led Rudy Gobert to make jokes about it uh, in the locker room. And this should be the final lesson to people that it's a serious situation and it's not, like, really anything to joke about anymore. Um, I guess from there, what are we up to? College stuff. College stuff. Uh, same rundown as the other ones. Everything's canceled. Now, starting with the college football. Uh, so the draft was going to be coming up in April, sometime in April 20s. Just a couple days, obviously. Most likely going to get pushed back now. Um, you know, they're not doing interviews. All the NFL shut down. It definitely, you know, most likely going to push the draft back. Which stinks. And on the college basketball side, which is probably the worst news I've heard out of everything, uh, March Madness was canceled. All the all the conference tournaments were canceled, as well as the entire men's tournament was canceled, as well as the women's as well. Uh, pretty heartening. I love March Madness. It's probably one of them, you know that between that and maybe the Super Bowl are, are my top two favorite uh, events all all year long. Um, I you know March Madness is probably better than the Super Bowl to me because you got it's just it's a month long of just crazy games. Non-stop basketball, it's incredible. Um, getting ready to fill out my bracket. Hmm. I was probably going to pick Gonzaga to win it all, and it's probably not going to happen now. Um, I was hoping they were going to push it back to May, but then, you know, it conflicts with graduation. Yeah. Again, remember, the, they aren't professional athletes. They're, they're student athletes, so they have to cohere with the schools and how graduation and classes work. And it'd be a mess, sort of like the rescheduling would be for the MLB. Hmm. You know, rescheduling this around, you know, how schools are going to work, it, it'd be a mess. And... In terms of March Madness, I kind of figured out, or I kind of knew it was going to get canceled 
as soon as Duke and Kansas dropped out nearly simultaneously, you can't have March Madness without Kansas or Duke. Um, Kansas was going to be a number one seed in the tournament, and Duke was probably going to be like a three, a two or a three seed. So, you know, when you have those two teams out of the March Madness, it, it, it's a lot of revenue loss, and you just you had a feeling it was going to cancel, and it did. Um, on the positive side, uh, the NCAA, at least Division One, Division Two, and Division Three. I think they're, they're they if they haven't already, they're going to pass the same thing. Um, with all the spring sports being canceled by the NCAA, uh, they're going to grant an extra year of eligibility for spring athletes. And unfortunately, as of right now, which I'm hoping and I think they're going to uh, have a meeting about the committee. Again, there's a committee that decides all this about give, granting an extra uh, year of eligibility to basketball players. Uh, they did play the majority of their season, which gets me to lean, honestly, like 50-50 on this in terms of what's actually going to happen. Um, but at, at the end of the day, like, the teams that were going to play in March Madness, March Madness, even though the season starts in November, the, the month of March is, like, 85% of the season to these players. It, you know, the entire November through February is to get to March and hopefully make the tournament. And then the, yeah. the tournament is, is the biggest thing it's between the conference tournaments and the, and the men's tournament. So that's huge. Um, I'm really hoping they they include winter sports. Um, I think, especially like basketball, because I think those players do deserve an extra year of eligibility, mm. especially for the ones that's like their senior year. They look, yeah. They're hoping to go far in March Madness, make a Cinderella run, and now they can't because it's canceled. So I'm hoping that the the committees do decide to grant an extra year of eligibility for winter sports, but especially basketball. Yeah. And like March Madness, at least how I view it, like for a lot of people, it's like their time to show that they could like make it in the NBA or to increase their draft stock by like mm-hmm. a crazy amount and to not have it like will cause a lot of negative effects. So hundred percent. Yeah. And I was, I was really hoping, looking forward to uh, seeing my wildcats, going to wildcats in tournament. That's true. We were going to win it all this year. We, went, we had an Addy in the bag. No, we yeah. absolutely did not, but it was going to be a cool run. And, and going off what you just said, um, you know, Dante DiVincenzo uh, played for Villanova, yeah. right? He, he was majority of the time a bench player. Mm-hmm. For Villanova, uh, he was like the sixth man off the bench until the March Madness tournament where he started getting more and more right. minutes. Yeah. And then he had that insane uh, finals game. Then he got drafted in the first round of the, M- uh, the NBA draft. You know, Without that finals game and his incredible performance, he may not have even gotten drafted. So, Definitely. Um, going forward, uh, so this is like kind of major news and it's, it's correlated with the coronavirus even though we don't cover it every week uh soccer uh, all the major leagues are canceled la liga uh premier league uh the italian league Serie A. um those are your biggest leagues and i think the bundesliga as well is canceled as a german league um they're all canceling games and postponing the, the leagues for now um coronavirus is breaking out uh just recently broke out in england uh notably uh mikel arteta um he contracted the virus, which was the first, uh, I believe, he shook hands with the president of another club, and I can't remember what the other club was. And Mark Mikel Arteta, if you guys don't know, he's the manager for Arsenal, uh, you know, one of the, one of the biggest teams. So the Premier League is probably the biggest league out of any soccer league, along with maybe La Liga, and, and that's the Spanish league. Um, so those are the two biggest leagues, and uh, Arsenal's a very big team in the Premier League, so, uh, you know, Arteta was the first one to contract the virus, as we know, in terms of players that are directly and coaches directly involved in the league. And then other players started getting started testing positives, so they decided to cancel. Um, you know, this is truly a pandemic. It's everywhere. It's not just in the U.S. You have soccer overseas. They're canceling now. Um, the kind of the whole world's coming to a, a standstill. Um, but it's kind of scary, and that kind of tra- uh, transitions us into our controversial topic, which 
of course, if you guys couldn't tell, is going to be the coronavirus. Um, I just wanted to cover it personally uh, in terms of on – on a couple grounds. So first, uh, up, update of what's going on and the reality of the situation. Uh, statistics about it, some things you guys should know as me. You know, I'm trained to be an ENT. Um, so I'm hoping to, you know, it's part of my job to help, help share medical knowledge as, as you know, that's as accurate as we know so far. Um, going off some notable people that are infected, um, the effect it's going to have on sports, and what I honestly think is a solution to what we're seeing right now, um, and what you can do to protect yourself. Uh, so I'd like to start with sports because that's, the, I say, the least serious of the situation, but it is what our podcast is focused on. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I think the solution is, number one, fan fans. I think it's pretty obvious. Uh, you know, having fans is going to increase the spread of the virus, uh, you know, significantly. So that's step one. Uh, only have, you know, essential personnel in the building. Uh, number two, I think the next step is, which is ultimately a fault of the medical system in the U.S. as of right now, um, and not necessarily sports itself, but get the players tested. Uh, you know, get every single player tested, see who who's positive, who's not. Uh, you know, all the players need to be isolated during these times, number one. Number two, the players test positive. Obviously, they have to be isolated even further. They have to be quarantined. Um, so if they're not positive, you know, as long as they're, they're, those players are isolated from others, uh, let them play on the court spot, you know, just the pers- uh, essential personnel. We know they're not positive. We know they're not spreading it, you know, if we just tested them. Hmm. So I think there'll be a, you know, a really good way to go forward about this is to get all the players tested. But ultimately, you know, as I said, it's the fault of, of the health system and the medical system in the U.S., is that we don't have the proper amount of testing kits right now. We're, we're, we really don't. And that's going to be, I think, a, a huge thing in terms of treating it. Uh, on the positive note, you know, following that, is that the FDA just approved a commercial testing kit out of, I forget where the company's out of, uh, essentially, you know, you know hospitals and, and private health care facilities can go ahead and buy these testing kits. They're not, you know, as of right now, and it's going to start transitioning as we speak, the federal government is providing testing kits through the CDC, WHO, and as private companies are allowed to buy these private testing kits, you know it's going to be for profit. But the thing is, is that when you have something that's for profit, it doesn't work, in my opinion. But when you have something that's for profit, it's going to be more readily available. Um, you know, companies are going to be selling it. It, it. You know, we're going to get more testing kits out there, and it's going to be really effective, I think, in helping stop the disease. Uh, before I go on, Brian, do you have any comments, concerns, um, opinions? No, you can keep them. Okay, so, uh, so that's that's like the sports area, and I, I kind of crossed over a little bit. Oh yeah, oh yeah, area. I did have something to say. I think that it'll be interesting, like you said, like um, banning fans and stuff. It's going to be interesting, like when they actually decide to have ever, like to bring back the sports, because I would imagine like one of their goals is to be able to keep the fans in the stadium, and it'll be interesting if they get to the point where they're like, we need to have these sports back, and they'll ban fans, or they're just going to wait it out. And that could result in a lot of things, shortened seasons and everything like that. Mm-hmm, 100%. Uh, so going on to the coronavirus, right? Let's get into it. Update in the situation. It's progressively getting worse in the U.S. Um, right now we have somewhere between 1,200 and 2,000. You know, it's, it's changes by the hour in terms of CDC confirmed cases. Mm-hmm. However, as I said, we lack the proper testing kits as of right now. So we really don't know how many people have it. Uh, the governor of Ohio, Ohio released a statement once it four or five days ago, uh, they believe the the DOH Department of Health in Ohio in Ohio State thinks there could be upwards of 100,000 people affected in just Ohio. Hmm. Just to get your grips on terms of how many people we don't know have the coronavirus, 
Um, so again, you know, we only have 2,000 confirmed cases more or less as of right now. Uh, but, you know, there could be upwards of a million Americans who have it right now. We, we need to get the testing kits. That's very important. Um, in terms of, okay, so what the disease is, how it affects you, and, you know, how is it progressing in terms of, you know, death rates in America. Uh, so going forward, um, again, there's a lot to cover here. Uh, COVID-19 uh, most likely came from a meat market in China. Um, the coronavirus is present as far as we know in terms of you know, science. It's tested positive in bats and camels. So they don't really have camels in China, so it's most likely a bat coming out of some meat market in China. Um, I believe this is the third pandemic China is responsible for. Um, This is more my opinion in terms of I think China's responsible because I thought they did a very poor job um, in terms of, uh, you know, being open and honest. They tried to jail uh, politicians and more so doctors that tried saying we have a problem here. Uh, The Chinese government, can you step in and try and help us? Hmm. The Chinese government decided to jail those doctors and try to cover it up and ultimately led to an insane spread out of Wuhan. And it's turned into a pandemic that's affected the world. I'm personally hoping China, the Chinese government, will have to pay for it uh, going forward. Um, and you know, because they're, again, they're responsible, and I'm hoping that the United Nations and America will come together and say, "Look, you have to help pay for some of this. You guys did a very terrible job um, in terms of containing it at first, and it's, it's ultimately your fault." Um, so going, and, you know, and it's spread through travel, etc. Uh, so how it spreads is actually that's most likely from what we know right now. It has to be spread through person-to-person contact, coughing, sneezing, droplets, uh, maybe even breath. Um, it's most likely not going to be affected in terms of somebody like somebody coughs on your food and then it gets delivered to you 40 minutes later. It's likely not going to be on your food in terms of like that sort of transition. Um, although in terms of like hard surfaces like a desk or a piece of metal, uh, the viruses can live up to 12 hours, even days in certain conditions. Um, again, when it comes to days – the media will say, oh, that's very possible, but it has to be in very, in, under very certain conditions. In terms of, like, temperature and environment, you know, moisture in the environment, it has to be, like, almost perfect for it to live up to days, right? Um, so in terms of how bad the disease is, okay, so symptoms, right? Uh, it's upper respiratory illness, which almost upper, almost every single upper respiratory illness has, you know, roughly the same symptoms. You're going to be looking at a cough, uh, shortness of breath, fatigue, uh, fever, um, you know, very similar to a flu or a cold, uh, sore throat, congestion, nausea, diarrhea, um, vomiting. You know, these are all things that are very possible. Um, if you do feel symptoms, definitely call your doctor and see, they'll tell you tell you to isolate. If your symptoms get worse, come and see them. That's most likely what's going to happen, especially with the fact, as I said, we don't have the proper testing kits right now. So they're only going to try and test people specifically who have who have really bad symptoms. Because let's say you have bad symptoms, they test you, you're negative. Well, then they know, okay, this is most likely the flu where they can test for the flu. And we have treatments for the flu in terms of like Tamiflu. We have a vaccine where we don't have those for the coronavirus right now because it's new. We don't have anything like a Tamiflu or a vaccine, uh, you know, because it's new. We're still doing research on it. We're getting better and better. Um, Canada, some some uh, organization out of Canada was able to isolate it, which is a good sign. And once you isolate the virus, you're able to do proper testing and you know, we isolate the virus. We know what, what, whatever we're testing, whatever we're doing experiments on is the virus and nothing else. So that's pretty important. Um, uh, so in terms of like how bad that it could be, um, the New York Times has a model. Um, I believe the title, the article is under the name, how, how much worse could the coronavirus get? 
Um, right now, they're predicting we're going to have somewhere around 324,000 deaths in America, which, to put in perspective, the seasonal flu season has somewhere between anywhere between 25 and 75,000 deaths, so significantly more deaths. Um, the coronavirus has a little bit higher – well, number one, it does a little bit more damage to the upper respiratory system. The, the symptoms when you do get them are usually a little bit more severe than the flu, although – you know, it's not going to be that much worse than the flu. And again, I'm just spitting out a bunch of information that I have, uh, not going in any particular order. But and so, you know, the, the flu death rate, is, the mortality rate rather, is about 0.1 percent. When you're looking at the coronavirus, it falls anywhere between two and five percent. You know, as we get more learn more about it, that number is going down. And right now in America, we actually had a 3.4 percent mortality rate. And as late as the CDC, it's dropped to about 2.5. So right now we're looking at around a 3.3% mortality rate. And if you do the math, that's 30 times more deadly than the uh, the flu. So, again, pretty significant for the people who don't believe that it's, it's really an issue. But at the same time, as we get better at it, I'm, I'm sure we'll get it closer to what it is more like a flu where you know, you're most likely going to survive. We know how to treat it. We, you know, Our healthcare system can really take care of it. Um, beyond that, uh, as I said uh, earlier, uh, the coronavirus can be pretty asymptomatic. Um, a lot of people don't know they have it, and they'll spread it to people who will know they have it because it affects their body where it did not where it didn't yours. Which makes you know me, me and Brian, twenty years old, we know where people our age are perfect vectors for the disease. You know, kids my you know, kids our age are going out to clubs and going out to eat, you know, touching and getting germs, and you know they're contracting the coronavirus, and then they go to see their grandma the next day. Yeah. And they give it to her, and then she gets severely ill because she contracts it. You know that's where the real concern is here, mm-hmm. um, and that's where you're going. That's how you'll see these increasing amount of deaths. Um, it, you know the path that we're going, we're definitely decreasing the amount of deaths in terms of canceling sports events, canceling school. Uh, it's going to make a large impact in terms of limiting the spread. Um, so that's really important. Um, so you know, as long as we do the right things, this will stay under control, and there's no reason to panic. Um, so, you know, I, I've spewed off a lot of information, Brian, do you have any comments, questions? Um, I really wanted to let Nick talk as much as he could, because I don't have that much to say since I don't really pay that much attention to medical stuff, but it is definitely a scary situation. I mean, when I was, it's so weird to say, but when I was still going to school, um, it feels like it's been like a year since I've been back at school. I've just been so bored. But when I was still going to school, we were all sitting in the same class, like, I was in, like, a 200-person lecture hall. We were all there. I kept on hearing sneezing and coughing. And I was like, listen, this is probably not the coronavirus, but I really don't want to be here. Because, like, the way they were going about it was, like, let's get one person sick, and then we'll shut down. And the way they should have been going about it, which they eventually did, was let's stop. Let's get everyone out before there is a, a confirmed case and try and be precautionary, which I think is the best way of doing things. But it was definitely not that great when I was still in school. 100%, yeah. As I said, the fact that it can be asymptomatic, yeah. by the time you know you have one confirmed case at the school, everybody could could have been affected yeah. at that point. We, you know, Most likely not everybody's going to be infected, but you know, the possibility is there. That's just not something you want. Yeah, that's like um, probably the worst thing that like people can't show. Like, there's people that don't show symptoms. And then, like, I know there's companies right now that had people that had it, they didn't know, they got tested, and they had it, and now they have to email everyone that was possibly around them, and then they have to be self-quarantined for a certain amount of time. But, like, that could literally be anyone, because no one really knows. 100%. Um, you know, I, th- I think it's really important that we close schools. 
Uh, if you didn't know, New York City yeah. just canceled all their schools officially. Uh, you know, I go to school in PA and at Villanova. Uh, PA just closed down schools, mandatory by the government for two weeks. Um, you know, quarantine is key here. Um, you know, I'm just trying to think if I if I can if I give all the information that I can. Um, you know, we're really at the tip of the iceberg right now. Um, you know, we really don't know how bad it's going to get. Um, uh, a little fun fact: if you guys have any pets, dogs, uh, CDC has confirmed that the research shows that they cannot be affected. So that's a good sign. Um, I think this would be you know a pretty good Q and A for me to do. I might do one on my Instagram. I don't know. Uh, if you guys want one, you know, leave comments, <laughs> questions. I'm, I can't say I know the science behind what doctors know because obviously I don't. I'm not a doctor, but I would say in terms of literature research, I've done as much as you could possibly do. I've read through so much literature on it. Um, I know a lot of information about it. So obviously, doctors are a lot more busy right now, and if you can't get to one, uh, I wouldn't be a terrible source. Again, I'm trained to be an EMT on pre med. I've, led a lot, I've done extensive literature research, uh, so I may not know the science behind it, but I can tell you the statistics and, and what, pe- what you know people who do know the science behind it is going to pre- are predicting. Mm-hmm. Um, in terms of what you can, uh, so before I go into that, I just want to say notable people affected so far: uh, Tom Hanks and his wife Rita Wilson were affected. Obviously, all the athletes we mentioned. Uh, Charles Barkley was still waiting back on a test from him. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Brazilian president was tested positive. Uh, Trudeau, his wife tested positive. He's in quarantine right now. Probably most likely tested him. Uh, Conor McGregor's aunt, she tested positive and then she later passed. So she's, uh, you know, someone that's notable that has passed from it. A lot of people affected. Uh, in terms of what you can do to protect yourself, uh, number one, but you know, even including the information I gave before, always check the CDC, always check the WHO. And your, your local health professionals, uh, they're going to know more than I do at the end of the day. And there are such important resources, resources to check. Uh, remember, you got, you got to stay stay aware and stay alert, but don't panic. Uh, don't go panic. Buy $80 bottles of hand sanitizer as long as you have some soap to last you a week. And again, if you see all these things off the shelves, just know that they're going – our supply lines are, are not diminished. Even in Italy where the death rate is about 1 in 15 for everybody who, who contracts the virus because – their healthcare system is just so overwhelmed right now because they didn't do the things that we're doing. They didn't cancel all their events. They lived life as normally, and it got really severe. Uh, even there, their grocery stores and their pharmacies are still active. So, um, so that's really good. Uh, so, you know, again, don't go panic buy anything. It's going to be back on the shelves in a week. Uh, just wait and then go buy it when it is readily available. Now, in terms of what you can do to protect yourselves, uh, obviously social distance, social distancing is really important. Uh, you know, if you see somebody coughing, season, keep your distance, uh, 10 feet optimal, uh, you know, at least three to five feet. Again, we don't know how far it travels. Uh, you know, there's been a couple, you know, there's been a variety of experiments held and we really don't know how far it travels in terms of a cough or a sneeze, but just keep your distance as much as possible. Um, most importantly, I think is going to be washing your hands. People really underestimate how far that goes. Uh, number one way for this disease to get into your body, and pretty much the only way, is through your mucous membranes, um, your eyes, your nose, your mouth. Uh, if, it, if the disease ever comes in contact with those, you're most likely not going to get it. And the, probably the number one way you transfer it is it's on your hands, and then you wipe your eyes, your hands, or your mouth, whatever you touch your face. So keeping your hands clean is, is really key. 
as Brian did that he took his hand away from his mm-hmm. face. But if you're, I mean, if you're at home, I wouldn't worry about it too much. Okay, if so nobody in your house is showing symptoms or whatever it might be, and your hands are clean, you're at home. You can only contract this disease from what the studies show and what the research shows is from other people who have mm-hmm. the disease. So if you touch your face at home and you haven't been out and you've washed your hands in you know the past X amount of time, you're going to be fine. You know, it's always optimal to not touch your face because you're going to have other bacteria on it. But in terms of contracting the coronavirus, uh, I wouldn't worry too much at home. But it's definitely when you're out, do not touch your face. Uh, before you eat, wash your hands. Um, after you use the bathroom, wash your hands. You know, you shouldn't have been doing those things before, but uh, they're more important now than ever. Um, so th- those are like some really big things uh, to do in terms of keeping yourself uh, from getting sick. Uh, again, if you guys have any questions, comments, concerns, like leave them for me. But also, again... I think it's so important to check the CDC and the WHO and your local health professionals. I keep seeing on Instagram these things where it's like if you hold your breath for 10 seconds and you can't do it, it's a, it's a sign of illness. And all you know, unless it's posted by the CDC or some reputable doctor or the WHO, don't believe it. Question it and, and do your own research and and try to check verified sources to see if there's any validity to it. I think those are those things are really important. Um, Brian, do you have any, any do you have anything to go off of? Um, are you, are you like done with the medical stuff? Yeah, just about. I mean, okay. again, if you have any, if you have any questions for me that you think the viewers might have. Um, hmm. Can't think of any right now. Um, all I wanted to say is like social di- distancing is probably the most important thing like that. Like as Nick said, um, it might be like difficult to do. Like I'm on like the fourth day of not like being outside or, well, I, I went outside once, but of trying my best not to, and I'm so bored, but I mean, at a certain extent, it, I'd rather be bored than anything else. Um, so it's going to be tough, but yeah, it's sort of, it's an yeah, I, mean, I, I think it's still important to go outside and get exercise. Yeah. Like, don't get that twisted. If you can find somewhere that's a little more isolated to do exercise, that would be optimal. But if you have to go to the gym, uh, same thing supply, wipe down the equipment, mm-hmm. um, wash your hands, you know, coughing, sneezing, try to avoid that. You know, we, you want to do your best to social distance, but don't don't be unreasonable about it. Mm. You know, don't isolate yourself where you're starving to get food or, you know, you don't feel well because you're not getting exercise and you're out of your exercise routine. You know, do your best to try to maintain your life, but just keep things in your mind and be alert. Um, one thing I also wanted to say, which my family is fault of, uh, they all bought vitamins and supplements to boost your immune system. Nothing does that besides eating a balanced diet, getting exercise and proper sleep. Those, there was, you know, diet and exercise and sleep are, are key to having a healthy immune system. Uh, vitamins are not going to do anything for you. Basically, if, if you eat a balanced diet, you'll get the vitamins that you need to be healthy. And the vitamin supplements that you take in, you're just going to uh, pee out, honestly. You're, you're going to urinate it out. It's going to go right through your system. Um, and just, you know, opposite of that is that if you've gone to your doctor and they've telling you you need vitamins, it's most likely they, they – in your blood tests, they could see you're low on this vitamin or, or some sort of chemicals popping up where it's like you're low on this vitamin. They told you to take vitamins. Absolutely take those. Those are essential. Uh, those are very important to take. But if you're just reading things online, like if you take tons of vitamin C, you'll be good. Uh, it's it's not true. Um, you know, only take only eat balanced diet. And eat, it's, you know, vitamins are not only a waste of money, but you'll just pee them right out. So it's pointless. Um, so that covers that. Again, if you guys have any questions, comments, concerns, like really leave them. Um, I'm I'm hoping to answer anything. Again, I have a good amount of knowledge on it. Um, and again, 
it's not going to be the end of the world, and I don't think it's that much worse than the flu. You know, it's slightly worse than the flu, but it's the fact that we don't have treatments for it. We don't have the testing kits. You know, those are the things that are really going to hurt us in terms of helping stop the spread and why it's such a serious issue right now. Um, so that's going to be, you know, the major key going forward in terms of limiting the spread. All right. Um, I guess that's it. We got a pretty good amount of time there. Uh, so I guess we'll be back next week. Uh, let us know what you thought of this podcast. It's going to be a little different going forward. Um, if you have any interest in writing for us, editing video, oh, that is what I want to say. So for our videos and what we're writing now, It'll be a little interesting with what we actually post regarding articles and stuff, since obviously there's no news going on, and for a while there's not going to be any news. We're still going to do daily videos and everything. It'll just be probably more focused on highlight videos rather than, like, reacts and everything. Um, but other than that, we'll be back next week. Contact us at thesportuniverse2019.com, and thanks for listening.